Hey everybody, I'm your host, Ivy Moore. And I'm your host, Lindsay Sullivan. And you're listening to the Face to Face podcast. Welcome back to a new episode. Today we're going to be recording remotely. Each of us has been home for about two months now. And in these past two months, we've sort of individually been reflecting on the topic of, or the idea of disappointment and everything that we've been missing out on this semester, not being at school. John Mark Comer, uh, who's a pastor at Bridgetown Church in Portland, put it this way. He said, disappointment is an emotional signal from our body that our hope was misplaced. Lindsay, do you want to touch a little bit more on that? Because you're the one who originally brought that idea up to me one time when we were FaceTiming. Yeah, so Ivy and I were just on the phone. This was probably a couple weeks ago now. Um, And we were just in the thick of um, finishing out the semester. And I was trying to articulate to Ivy um, just like how weird I had been feeling about the whole semester, um, just the situation that we were in. I mentioned that I had been um, praying about it and trying to get some clarity on why I was feeling that way. And the Lord just mentioned to me that I was actually feeling disappointed about letting go of the semester and all of the summer opportunities that got canceled. And so, yeah, we were just talking back and forth about that. Then we both happened to talk to our friend, Grace Wilson. We thought we would bring her on the show today to kind of just talk about this whole idea of disappointment and how we've all been individually and collectively responding to it and dealing with it. So Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to be a senior at Pepperdine. I'm a sociology major with an ethnic studies and social work minor. Me and Ivy and Lindsay were all in the same freshman house and we've been friends ever since. I live in Seattle. I'm home with my parents right now and trying to navigate this weird time of life. Yeah, I feel like this time we're in is sort of a collective loss of this pre-COVID-19 and just so much extra time to really face everything we have lost in a metaphorical sense, but also in a very real sense, like the loss of people-to-people interactions and the loss of walking into our classrooms that we love and walking on campus. What are some things that you guys have felt like you've lost? Um, I would say kind of you touched on it a little bit, Ivy, but just like the physically being with friends and being with people other than just my parents, even like just in the classroom setting, seeing my classmates on Zoom, even if I'm not really the best of friends with them, it's just really fun to like see people in class and see how they react to things. And um, one of my classes in particular, my social work class we're all really close and none of us are really friends outside of class or a few of us are, but it's just so fun every time we come together and there's just so many inside jokes and laughter, but over zoom, it just doesn't cut it because everyone's muted. So you don't know if a joke lands with everybody because you can just like see people, but you can't hear them. So I would just say physically being with people, especially friends too, just being with so many people in the apartment because we had five girls to a small two-bedroom one-bathroom apartment in Malibu (laughs) and just the constant interaction with people and cooking in the kitchen or going on runs together or going to the store all of that was just 
so special looking back on it. And I really miss all those aspects. Yeah, I feel the same way. And I feel like a lot of people that um, I've kept in touch with throughout this weird time have said the same thing, especially um, the seniors. I mean, like we have a whole nother year to look forward to seeing those people and getting that like, you know, face to face, you know, it's still a loss. And that's something that I will say, like, I struggled to even like admit at first, like when I realized that the source of like what I was feeling was disappointment. Um, I was like, I just immediately went to denial. And I was like, that is so ridiculous, almost like I was like upset with myself for even feeling that way. Because um, on a grand scheme, like, it's, it's nothing to deal with that. Um, but after talking to like several people, and like one of my mentors as well, who also mentors Ivy, she was just like, it's okay to admit that you're sad or like grieving something, even if it um, doesn't seem that significant. It's okay to admit that and to, you know, not stay there, obviously, but to find ways to, in a healthy way, deal with that and move on. Um, so Ivy, if you wanted to talk about your experience with that, but I'm also curious, like, what are you guys doing um, or what have been some practices that you've implemented to kind of like deal with the disappointment and maybe other things that you're dealing with? Yeah. Well, just to touch on what you just mentioned about your whole um, denial that you were actually feeling sad about this and maybe feeling guilty for feeling sad about something that you said was totally not a big deal in the grand scheme of things. Like we are really lucky and we're healthy and we're safe and we are have homes to go back to. But um, I was actually listening to a podcast the other day from this guy named David Kessler. And he wrote a book with Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who's the, the woman who came up with the five stages of grief in the 1960s. And he made a comment that really impacted me. He said, the greatest loss is your loss. And let's say even though the loss of school and the loss of being face to face with friends isn't the end all be all, it is like a significant hit and a significant impact to our lives. And this is crazy what we're going through. So just to address that and say, yeah, this is a loss for me is so important to even claim that and say that because if you can't put a label to what you're feeling, then you can't move past it and work through it. And I think it'll just weigh you down in the long run. But to speak on myself, I think in reflecting recently, I've realized something that has been a big loss for me is the loss of spontaneity. Because for me, a lot of my time at Pepperdine, I would call spontaneous and just being with friends always and running into people on campus and maybe from there going to get coffee or going to the beach or coming back to my apartment. Like everything is so, I never have plans really. It, everything just kind of happens. And I love every second of every day at school. So just to be home and that not have any option of things to do other than just stay at home has kind of been sad for me, even though that doesn't sound like a big deal. Just to kind of to touch on the Ivy, you're talking about like the five stages of grief. And um, me and my parents were talking about, okay, so what what are we each individually grieving? Because this is such a weird time. And 
my mom's kind of unemployed right now. So she's, she's working from home and everyone's kind of grieving different things. And at the time, my dad said that he was actually grieving my loss of school. And at that, at that time, it really hadn't hit me yet. I think it was only like a couple weeks in and it was still kind of fun and like, Oh yeah. Like, what am I doing with my time? Like, I mean, I was doing school, but it was still kind of that beginning stage. And it kind of like, I was kind of taken aback because I was like, oh, like, I guess I've never really thought about me grieving school because I'm fine. Like, I'm happy. I'm healthy. But then like a couple of days later, I was like, oh, shoot, maybe like, maybe I am sad about this. And kind of like you guys, like the denial part, like not letting it sink in and then just feeling sad and missing friends and being like, oh, my gosh, like I am grieving my school, I'm grieving my friends, I'm grieving that spontaneity that Ivy was talking about. And so I just think it was interesting that my dad kind of noticed it first. And he was feeling bad for not feeling bad for me, but he noticed that in me. And then I kind of noticed it. And I was like, whoa, before we move on to the next thing, I was just going to explain the five stages of grief for anyone who doesn't know. So the first stage is denial, and then anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Going back to David Kessler, he actually, so he worked with Kubler-Ross, but he lost his son. So he experienced these stages of grief himself for the first time in a big traumatic way. And after the fifth step, he was like, this is not enough. I can't just accept this. Like I, I can't just accept this and move on to the next thing in my life. So he actually added a sixth step technically um, called meaning. This really interested me because I was like, how can you say that there's meaning to be found in something as traumatic as losing a significant person in your life? And he said the meaning isn't in the death or in the loss of something, but the meaning is in us. So how I perceived that was, yeah, we don't want these traumatic things to happen, but if they do happen, death is inevitable. Loss is inevitable. So not if these things happen, but when these things happen to us, how can we find the meaning inside of ourselves? But to say that something bad should have happened so that you can learn a specific meaning from it, that's not what I'm saying. But through that happening to you, something is moving inside you and you can find that meaning in yourself, which I feel like that's really a great added sixth step beyond just accepting it. And I think it's really great that David Kessler felt the need to add that after he experienced such a traumatic event in his own life. Mm. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I've never heard that before, the sixth step. Um, I don't know. I feel like for me, like the meaning that I was searching for is like more like, okay, how do I process it and move forward? Because I am such a forward thinking person. And I hate the idea of like staying in a bad place. And that's actually something that I feel like this season has been really good for, um, for me in that I'm learning to not just try to like push away or run away from, um, uncomfortable things. And so I will share, I guess, this might be kind of stretching it from what you were talking about. But one thing that did help me actually from this morning, um, I was reading in Ecclesiastes and it's a pretty typical verse, um, but it's 
titled a time for everything. And it just, it's this long list of like, there's a time to dance. There's a time for joy. There's a time to sing, but there's also a time to mourn and to grieve and to be sad really. And I don't know, for some reason that was just really like kind of healing for me when I read that again, because it's like, there's so much in the Bible. And and for me, like that's, where I go to to find meaning is the Bible and just like what God is saying. Um, but there's so much in there about like being full of joy and being alive and like that we bear God's light. And so when you're feeling like you're in a dark place or less than that joy that he promises, it's like, Oh, well, something is wrong. Like I'm obviously messing up here, but this verse is really cool in that it shows that actually like, that's not true. And we're not called to just be this stable, like happy all the time. We can always have joy. There can be joy in mourning. But I feel like that verse was really healing in that it was kind of pulling me away from this idea of like needing to like move on immediately and actually just like be in the season that I'm in, whatever that is. And it doesn't have to be singular or like narrow it doesn't have to be like oh this is my season of mourning <laughs> that's what I'm doing right now <laughs> like that's not what I mean but just the idea that there is a time for everything and that time could be five minutes in the morning where I just go to the Lord and I'm like hey I'm actually like not feeling too great about this and can I just like give this to you and also something cool that he showed me is like if I don't embrace like this season that I'm in, whatever it is, you know, just being at home, being remote, um, being away from friends. If I don't embrace that, I could potentially miss out on this entire aspect of who God is and like, what he's trying to reveal to me in this time. Um, and so I feel like that's, I don't know if that exactly correlates Ivy with what you're talking about, but that's what I turn to for meaning is like, okay, God, what are you trying to do here? And I thought that was cool. He was like, you actually don't need to push away like what you're feeling. Um, Just give it to me, but I want to help you through it and give you more of myself in it as well. Yeah. Also from a Bridgetown sermon, the pastor was talking about, being like shaped and molded by fire and like by trials. And he said, fire makes the good better and the bad burn out. And I thought that was really interesting because they're talking, he was talking about like a, a metaller person. I don't know the actual like name for it, but like people that weld and make metal out of metal, I guess. And he was saying that like in, like in the fire, the metal, like all of the dirt and the stuff that's not supposed to be on there, like burns off. And then the metal is even better than it was before. And I think that's such an interesting like picture and that in this time of grieving and disappointment and having so much time to our thoughts. And I think it's probably good for a lot of us to be stripped from that because now we actually have to deal with ourselves and what's going on in our hearts and the flaws that we have and all that is kind of brought to the surface. And that's um, what he talked about with like the fire analogy was that everything that's not supposed to be there. And that's, I don't want to say bad because I don't want to call it, I don't know. Yeah. I guess everything that's not supposed to be 
in us is like lifted to the surface and it's like, okay, we can now deal with this yet. Then like the good is still becoming better. I don't know if that makes sense, but like, I just think this time, especially being in college, like kind of like what you were talking about, Ivy, like the spontaneity of everything. And I love that. And it's so good for me, especially because I'm not like that naturally on my own. So when I'm with friends, that's helpful, but also I feel like it can kind of distract us from how we're actually feeling sometimes. And so having so much time every day to kind of deal with things that are coming up in our lives or how we're acting towards our family or whoever we're quarantining with and our thought process and how we handle things. I think this is a really good time when the good in our lives can become better and the bad can burn out. And so I'm really hoping that for myself and I'm really hoping that I can find meaning through that and growth. And It reminds me of um, one of my favorite songs. It's, uh, I don't even remember. I think it's called House on a Hill. It's by Amanda Cook. You showed me that song in Croatia. Really? Okay, Lazan girls. Okay, Lazan. <laughs> <laughs> but it reminds me of a verse she says in there. Um, she says, some things you can't know until you're still. And I feel like that's like where everyone is kind of globally. Like everything was put on pause and we're forced to be still and reckon with what's going on like inside of us. And I mean, we can choose to not listen to it, but it's becoming louder because everything else has been quieted. Um, so I really, I really love that. And I, I think Grace too, what you brought up that like, while these um, things within us that are, you know, lesser than God's best or like things that we don't want come up, we like, as they come up, like that might be uncomfortable and like ugly, you know, and we hate it or embarrassed. Like it's only through that, like surfacing that we have the opportunity to like acknowledge them and then move on and like get rid of them and allow to, like you said, those good things to be even brighter. Yeah. Um, Oh, I wanted to ask you guys maybe like, as like, aside from just the like yeah the metaphorical things you've learned what are like some practical things that you're doing to um to deal with the season I guess <laughs> and maybe you don't have any like that's fine too something for me is I feel like I've just tried to live a healthier lifestyle which I know is kind of basic but I have tried to move my body every day which is not only important for like the physical health but also like honestly like more importantly my mental health like I just feel so much better after I've exercised or gone on a long walk and that is something that has really helped me especially just because like being around Pepperdine, like we walk all the time, like we have to park our car or if we, since we live off campus, like park our car all the way down by alumni, walk up all the stairs. And like, I don't think about how much I'm walking now that I'm home. I like never move unless I'm like intentional about it. So that's been something that has been good 
just to kind of um, keep myself in a positive state of mind. And then I've been trying to incorporate some self-discipline practices because if I just, if I told myself, okay, I'll, I'll just like work out when I want to, then I would never do it because I never want to. <laughs> and so like having a schedule with friends and like, that's been really helpful. Um, and attempting to go to bed early, trying to spend less time on social media. And those are all like idealistic things. Like I fail at those every single day, but I'm trying to limit that stuff because I know that it's better for me in the long run. Um, and especially like looking into the future, I'm, I don't know, I think through like, okay, when I look back on this time, am I going to be disappointed again <laughs> with how much time I spent on YouTube, on Instagram, like doing mindless things? Am I going to want to look back on this time and know that I used it for the good? Um, also just calling friends, FaceTiming friends. That's really, really good for me. Um, I feel like at least every day I'm talking to someone on FaceTime or on the phone. Um, and I realized how much I love those interactions. And usually when I'm talking to people, like if, if I were just to be like back at school, if I'm FaceTiming people, sometimes I'm not really in the mood or I'm like, okay, like I'm just going to move on to my next thing. But now kind of like what you were saying, Ivy, how there's no agenda. I can talk to someone for like an hour and be completely fine with that. I'm not like trying to rush through it. Um, and so just talking to people and, hearing that other people are going through the same thing has been really helpful. No, those are awesome. And those are also like really practical, like just getting up and getting your body moving and staying in touch with people that you care about. Um, I have been jumping on the baking <laughs> train. <laughs> it's been like a, like a joke on social media, like making banana bread. <laughs> But I've always loved cooking and baking, but um, I think that's something that I really missed while I was at school because I lived in a freshman dorm, so I didn't have access to a kitchen um, regularly. Um, so coming home, I was really excited to get back into that. So cooking, especially because I cook for my whole family, so it's nice to make something that can like bring us together around a table. Um, and sometimes that's the only time that we have any meaningful conversation with um, each other. So that's been really good. Also, music has been helping a lot. Just like listening to music, but also um, writing music on the guitar. And yeah, that's been really cool too, to use music as like a tool to process. Because it wasn't really until I started like writing how I was feeling <laughs> that I noticed the patterns that were forming. Um, and that goes back to the whole thing. Like as humans, it's so easy for us to like look over what's actually going on inside of us. So I think music has been a big thing. Also being with family is really good for me. And yeah, I agree. I think staying in contact with people has helped a lot. It makes me feel normal because when I hear that they're kind of dealing with similar things, it's like, okay, I'm not crazy. <laughs> like we're all, we're all going through it. Oh, did one of you want to talk about, um, going back to, um, Ivy, what you mentioned earlier, the quote, you guys both said it to me individually, um, about 
disappointment being hope that is misplaced. Um, how have you guys responded to that and reoriented where you are actually placing your hope? Ivy, do you want to take it? Yeah, I feel like after I heard that quote, it almost sobered me up to the reality of what I'm feeling disappointed about and just like reflecting on what is the motivations behind wanting those things that I'm I'm not having right now. Yeah. I think for me, um and my relationship with God or my Christian faith, and I know it's different for everybody, but I just really have to be honest with how I'm feeling, kind of like what we touched on earlier. Be honest and like have quiet time, present that to God and just remember that my hope isn't in like things or plans in the future because it's really it's really easy to surrender your plans to God um or you know just surrender your plans like whatever is supposed to happen is going to happen like I'm going to just let God take it over because he's like that's easy because the future isn't there yet like you don't have it you're giving away something that you don't have like it's not the present. And so for me, something that I've really had to face is just living in the present and not trying to put myself in this in this other state of, okay, what, what could it have been like if I was still with my friends? And just like remaking up these like stories in my head because that is still not really facing the disappointment and the, the hope that was, wait, not hope, but yeah, I guess just like the disappointment and trying to like bring myself back to this present moment and being like, okay, I don't know. There's always things to be grateful for. And there's always a re like, I don't, it's kind of hard for me to put it into words, but for me, it's just really settling in the present moment, not trying to daydream and think about future plans. It's just really sitting in the reality of our world and the disappointment and people losing their jobs and so many, so many sad things are happening in our world right now and just sitting with that has been important and I need to do it more (laughs) I will say something that's helped me um, is being aware of kind of what you were just talking about like what I'm focusing on because one like definition of worship is Um, to magnify. And so that literally means to focus on something. And so if I'm dwelling and focusing on um, what didn't happen, or what did happen in the way that (laughs) I didn't want it to, I'm actually worshiping that thing. And I'm kind of making an idol out of it. And so one thing that's helped me is to acknowledge what I'm feeling, and let go. try to in whatever way I can. It reminds me of a verse um, in the Bible that says, where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. And so whatever I'm dwelling on, whatever I'm valuing and like literally treasuring, that's like what I'm giving my heart to. So if I'm giving my heart to things that aren't God, then like that's going to be the product of it is things that aren't Him. And um So I don't know, that's like helped me to reorient is just focusing on him and 
every day, like asking him, okay, like, what do you want me to do today? And some days it is just, you know, making a meal for my family. Um, it doesn't have to be something huge. It can be simple, but yeah, I think just being aware of what I'm focusing on has helped me to be in a sense, I guess, more mindful of where I'm placing my hope. Yeah, I feel like that just perfectly goes back to the quote about this place, hope in alternate things such as those idols you were speaking on. And I think for me personally, the feeling of disappointment, what I trace it back to is all those things we've mentioned before that we have lost. And if that means that my hope was in those things, was in the summer internship, was in being in DC, was in living with my best friends, even though that's an amazing thing. My hope is in Jesus first and foremost and always and not in what those things can bring me. But by focusing on those those other things, obviously, obviously we're going to be disappointed when those things don't happen or come into fruition. And I think it's okay to still make plans for the future and still try to make a good future for ourselves, but also coming at those future plans with such loose expectations. Yeah, like, or I was going to say, we can like, kind of like what you were saying, like we can have plans, like that's always good to have a future like outlook and like, okay, this is what we want to do this. Like, do we want to go to grad school? Like even looking like that far ahead, totally fine. But just still kind of like loosely holding that and not grasping it. And if that doesn't go according to plan, we need to be okay with that. And we need to know that in the planning stages. So for those of you listening, if you have found um, what we've said to be true about yourself too, or um, you've also been experiencing this disappointment, just know that you're not alone and probably everybody else is feeling the same thing, um, even if people aren't saying it. And we really hope that you guys can take this time to sit and process through your emotions and not run away from them because that's when good things can really come. Grace, thank you for coming on the face-to-face and sharing your thoughts. I think one takeaway from all this is like you said, like we're not alone in our human struggle, you know, so we have each other, but we're also not alone in the sense that God like wants to be a part of every season and every little moment of our lives. And so, yeah, I think that this this will be and has been a huge learning experience for a lot of people, something that we've never really faced before, um, a global pandemic. But God is still working. You know, he hasn't left his throne just because we're down here wondering what's going on. So I think there's a lot um, of good that can come out of this. So it's good to hear from people like you, Grace, and to just share in each other's experiences. And just to close, I'd like to share a quote by Miriam Rosowski. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I welcome everything that comes to me in this moment because I know it is for my healing. I welcome all thoughts, feelings, emotions, persons, situations, and conditions. I let go of my desire for power and control. I let go of my desire for affection and esteem. 
I let go of my desire for survival and security. I let go of my desire to change any situation, condition, person, or myself. And I open myself to love, healing, and grace.